Hello, everyone. My name is Walker Stewart, your New Japan Pro Wrestling English language announcer, and you are having the pleasure to listen to Wrestle In. Hello, and welcome to the first on the Indies of 2024. I am MX Sharp, and I am joined by Adam Ryan and MX. We made it to another year. And with New Year, we have new wrestling, and we've just like got a bunch to talk about there's so much to talk about here and it's only january all right where do we begin we could begin at the beginning yeah we were talking off air you went to gcw i did over New I Year's did. Weekend. i went to i went to uh gcw aftermath the new year's show to uh celebrate the new day uh or the new year rather the new day <laughs> it's a new day yes it is <laughs> Um, and it was awesome. I had a, I had a crazy good time. Yeah, I watched it on Fight TV. I kind of watched it, like, on delay. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it was, like, an hour, hour and a half behind when I was watching it. And then I finished it off the next day. It was really weird to me watching something on New Year's Day that happened the previous year. But anyway, <laughs> that was a really fun show. There was a lot of, a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah, it was a really good time. Uh, lots of really great matches i was a particular fan of uh charlie evans versus risa sarah death match loved that match in particular and of course i loved to see blake christian yeah that was so i was really surprised when like the night before at the Nick Gage Invitational, Miedo Extremo won the tournament. I was expecting like Masha or John Wayne Murdoch or somebody like that. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. then I then Miedo won. I'm like, okay, well, this kind of makes sense because when he was in Tournament of Death, not Tournament of Death, Tournament of Survival, whatever it's called, their summertime deathmatch tournament they do at the showboat. Okay, <laughs> he had to leave the tournament injured. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay, so this kind of makes sense. They're giving him a feel good win. He comes back, he wins the tournament, and he gets the challenge for the title. Yeah. I was like, okay, this, this makes sense. This is logical. Yeah, it was an awesome match, too. It was. It was really good. Blake Christian, he just gets better and better. <laughs> he does. Now he's paired with Shane Mercer. I love that pairing, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm really into it. Shane Mercer, for me, has always been like a kind of bland guy who I'm really excited to see because he will just like throw around the biggest dudes like they're a rag doll. Um, and that's always exactly. really super fun for me. So I actually love this pairing. Yeah, he just goes, like, I'm with you. He just kind of came across as this dude. I'm like, okay, here's this big dude, big muscled up dude. And he just chucks people, like, across the ring. I'm like, okay, I like this guy, but what is he? You know, who is he? And then now he's Blake Christian's heavy. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I can I can dig this. You know, this make this kind of helps Blake be even more smarmy and, and, and ridiculous and goofy and helps him cheat even more and makes him more, more hateable. You know, I always like it better when wrestlers have, like, relationships to each other. So, mm -hmm. like, I never expect one guy to be the whole package. Because, first of all, that's, like, that's not that realistic. Some guys can pull it off, but I don't think it should be the norm. Like, I think wrestlers who have relationships with each other makes everybody more interesting. So we have Blake Christian, who's just like this smarmy little brat. And we have this other guy who is compelling in the ring and really fun in the ring, but like doesn't have a whole lot going on beyond that. And so I think 
to have kind of like a straight man to Blake Christian's ridiculousness and to give uh, Mercer like somebody like big and dramatic to like work off with and bounce off. Exactly. I think it enhance enhances the both of them together and i think it's a really fun pairing so i'm i'm really enjoying this me too the when they when they first put them together i'm like the first kind of pairing and then you know i was talking about the first pairing that kind of comes to mind is Shawn michaels and diesel in the mm-hmm. 90s where you know diesel was the guy he just kind of stood there stoically gave somebody for Shawn to bounce off of and you know he would get involved at ringside if needed and then you know he would be the eventually they would build up to where you know they turned on each other and whatnot but um, yeah, that was the kind of first pairing I thought of when I was like, okay, Blake and Shane Mercer is like, okay, this is kind of like the Shawn Michaels and Diesel pairing. Am I saying this is going to be as good as that? Who knows? Might be. Might be. Uh, might not be. But, you know, it's, it's very comparable to that. If you want to yeah. compare it to something, at least in my eyes. Yeah, I just think it just seems like a lot of fun to me. So I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed all the ways that Blake Christian could be evil in that match. He's really like <laughs> dug into that character. It's really fun to watch his like evolution over this time. Yes, he's a highlight of like some of these some GCW shows will drag on forever, but uh-huh. he's usually a highlight on on the shows. Some of them that you know, like I said, they drag on forever, but he comes out and he's like, okay, the crowd gets gets into him and they just hate him. They, they absolutely hate him. Love to hate him. I'm surprised they haven't started. I'm surprised people haven't started like throwing things and stuff like that at him yet. Or if they have, I've missed it. I mean, some stuff got thrown. Right. Um. <laughs> but like, I think what it is, you know, he's so hateable, but like hateable in a fun way. And I think like everybody really enjoys being able to hate him as much as they do. And so like when I say they love to hate him, I mean like they have a hugely good time hating him. So he comes out and everyone is energized. Everyone is engaged. Everyone is like fully here for it and playing into it. And it's just, it's a really good time. So let me ask you, let me ask you this then. Do you think that would eventually turn him face? Oh, God. You know, this conversation happens every time, like, a heel gets popular. Like, every time people enjoy a heel. And it does frustrate me somewhat. Because, like, when a heel is, like, popular and people like him because of the heelish behavior... It doesn't make that much sense to, like, switch his alignment to, like, being a good guy a lot of the time. Because then they're no longer doing the things that got them there, that got people liking them. It's like the whole MJF situation. Where, like, everybody hated him and then did the whole thing with Adam Cole. And then that kind of got him turning face a little bit. And then, you know, everybody started cheering him and he turned face and i'm just and every time i saw mjf come out and he was face i'm just like cringe because uh, it just kind of came across so cheesy it's so interesting that you say that because i have only liked mjf since he turned face really heel mjf was just extraordinarily tiresome for me uh just like very me, very flat wasn't really giving me anything wasn't really giving me anything new so face mjf was just like always really interesting to me and like always really captured my attention but i didn't like him as a heel he wasn't fun for me as a heel 
So for me, MJF was kind of the exception more than the rule mm-hmm. because I am always suffering when the young bucks are babyface. I am always in a state of of suffering when they are babyface. Like I need them to be evil. I need them to be awful. I need them to be the worst people in the world. And then I'm having a good time. I don't want Blake Christian to be a babyface. I don't think he's interesting as a babyface. We've seen him as a babyface. Mm-hmm. Um, and like also, I think he's not the level of over as a heel that say someone like Swerve is. True. Right? Because yeah. like Swerve is like cool as hell and everybody loves him. Even though mm-hmm. he's like absolutely 100% a heel. Like, everybody loves him and he's cool as hell. That's not what's going on with Blake Christian. No, everybody just hates Blake Christian because he can, he's just, yeah, he's just, like like you said, he's very smarmy and over the top. And he's just, like, you know, very, very hateable. He's absolutely the worst complimentary. He's like the, uh, I don't know if there's a good comparison. He's, He's like the, you know, the braggadocious quarterback in high school yeah guy that thinks he's full of himself so he's great though he does he does definitely inject life into the crowd like few others do um and i'm always looking forward to his matches same and i I just watched him against was it calvin tankman on the chicago show that was pretty fun yeah don't get to see much of calvin tankman so i was like oh this is this is you know very interesting match i love calvin Um, tankman too Oh my god, Shane Mercer. If you haven't seen that show, you should you should watch it, even though it's a very long show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane Mercer does something incredible in that match. I love when Shane Mercer does something incredible. <laughs> I won't tell you what it is. Okay. But I will tell you he does something really, like, it made me just, like, my jaw drop when I saw it. I was like, I damn. It. I love it. Um, Let's see, what else was on the show? Oh, you got to see Jun Kasai against Nick Gage in person, too. I did get to see Jun Kasai versus Nick Gage. I... Mm. Uh, I was going to say at the risk of having my wrestling fan card revoked, but like, let's be real. I was never issued a wrestling fan card, (laughs) but, but, uh, you know, this one is, we were talking about this earlier. This one was a little bit pearls before swine for me because I'm such a recent fan. I haven't really watched much of, of June Kasai and I like Nick Gage, I respect Nick Gage quite a bit. I respect what he's been able to do. I respect the passion and loyalty that he inspires. I respect the things that he has done with that passion and loyalty. Like, I love, you know, um, the stuff that he's done with, like, Maki Ito. I think, like, that's been super great. Um, He, I think, has always been a really great and amazing part of gcw but i just uh Mm -hmm. i just don't connect to him on the level that a lot of other people do and that's fine right right nobody has to be everything for everybody right Um, and i agree with that and and nick nick gage is someone like with you i respect what he's done he's not my favorite wrestler in the world right do i cringe when he does the pizza cutter stuff yeah no no no. i love the pizza cutter stuff i don't like close my eyes and look away from the tv i do just kind of cringe a little bit i'm like but there's a helicopter going flying (laughs) over the house uh sorry it's like a squirrel uh (laughs) adhd anyway so yeah nick gage pizza cutter yeah so do i cringe when i see the pizza cutter stuff sometimes yes 
but I've come to expect that with the whole Nick Gage package. I do at some point when I go to a GCW show, he's on and I want to be, you know, I just want to experience that whole entrance when he comes out to the ring, when he, you know, does the whole like mosh pit thing in the crowd. Yeah, it's awesome. And Emil's J, Emil J's announcement. Yes, yes. That's, it that's is, just it the is whole awesome package. in person. Yeah, it really is. Because uh, like everybody is like, we talked about how energized people are when like Blake Christian comes out. That is nothing on what it is like to be in the room when nick gage comes out it's crazy it's awesome so like Mm -hmm. he's awesome he's great also ari the pizza cutter i will never ever 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 forget when he was on aew and that picture in picture cut to domino's pizza i know and i was like (laughs) that's one of the best things that's ever happened i remember that and then i would i remember that i saw that and i was like oh now i'm hungry I'm definitely, I'm definitely one of those sickos uh, during a Nick Gage match who is chanting over here, over here, over here, whenever he breaks out the pizza cutter. Like, 100%, I'm here for it. Oh, the crowd just goes crazy. Everybody just goes crazy when he pulls that pizza cutter oh, out. Oh, for sure. And so, um, his match with June Kasai was really, was really excellent. It was really an excellent uh death match and like just awesome like it was awesome to watch and like everybody was like seriously there for it. it had been a long night it was late and everybody was like so energized and so there for it. it's really cool that's the thing with those with gcw is like yeah you get these kind of long shows but when you get to those main events like nick gage against june kasai mm-hmm. or or the finals of the of the nick gage invitational the night before mm-hmm. everybody just gets up for it and they get so excited and just the the electricity is is crazy for that yeah there were two really good matches on there that i one of them actually nominated for the wrestling match of the month for j for december mm-hmm. so the opening bout on the nick gage invitational the three-way between Mas- masha slamovich emerson jane and risa sarah the ultraviolent jungle of death was really fun i saw risa sarah versus charlie evans and that was the first time i had really seen risa sarah and um, she's great. She's got such great presence, but like there was a point in the match where like fully just like half her face was covered in blood and it looks mm-hmm. like so artful and like kind of elegant in a weird way. And she just kind of has like this artful, violent elegance to her that I found really compelling. You know, I, I wasn't familiar with her, but then she came out for that match on the Nick Gage Invitational, and she's got the rake with the light tubes attached to it, like yes. a giant fan. I'm like, <laughs> what in the hell is this? But I, I thought it was, I thought, at, you know, I thought she was really, really good. So I was like, I'm going to have to look up more Risa Sarah. Yeah. Um, the other match I would suggest checking out from the Nick Gage Invitational is Violento Jack versus Ciclope. And that is a, they have that listed as a Boards of Brutality death match. And uh, that's the match I put on the Wrestle In uh, match of the month for December that we just posted on the website because that was an insane, like, Lucha Extrema style match mm-hmm. with 
soda cans, glass, tacks, all kinds of sharp instruments that should not be used in a match um, <laughs> that were attached to boards. And I think there was like, was there razors or something? I don't remember. Might have been a different match. I remember the razors from. But yeah, there were some very sharp implements that should not have been attached to boards that were attached to boards. And that <laughs> made a lot of, that you know, drew a lot of blood. And, and I like the pace of it too. It was... It was a long enough match to where it didn't feel like it drug on, mm -hmm. but it was quick enough to feel like it was, they kept, the, the pace was, they went from one thing to the other. Right. They didn't like spend, you know, three or four minutes setting up a spot. They went from one thing right to the other and then just kind of kept it going. And it was, yeah, I think it was like 12 or 14 minute match and it, you know, it felt longer, but that's a good thing. Right, right. Because it kept me engaged for that whole time. So that's the match I would def definitely recommend like going, checking out from the Nick Gage uh, Invitational. Yeah, awesome. Um, I was going to say, I did want to talk about the do or die rumble match. No, I do want to talk about the do or die rumble match because, uh, there was a, there was a, uh, a thing that happened. Sleepy Ed? Well. The do or die rumble? <laughs> that was, that was a great time. <laughs> I, um, I brought somebody to, to this show and it was their first ever exposure to wrestling. So... That's always really fun. It's always really fun to bring somebody to a GCW show for their first wrestling. And just like mm -hmm. the the kooky things like Sleepy Ed are the things that like get <laughs> the uninitiated, right? Those are the things that like capture them. <laughs> right. <laughs> the do or die rumble match was my uh, favorite match last year. And it was one of my favorite matches this year. I'm just like... GCW like always puts on a really good scramble match like they always have like a, a really good way of um putting together like these big matches with like a ton of people but like each person mm -hmm. like gets their own like character beat uh Sawyer Wreck was like really really fun I love Sawyer Wreck so much me too um and it's just like every time one of my faves uh, got eliminated, it was just agony. <laughs> so when Allie got er eliminated, agony. When Sawyer got eliminated, agony. <laughs> and then when it came down to 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 Effie and Gringo Loco, and I was like, please Effie, please Effie, please Effie win, because of course Effie is my favorite. Um, mm -hmm. Effie's like my favorite, favorite, favorite. And so, like, I was so excited, and then he won, and I was so excited, and then betrayal. Effie was betrayed. I was betrayed. I didn't even know Mance Warner was in this match. I, I didn't either. I think that was that. That's that was the thing. Is like nobody, you know, he just kind of showed up and dumped Effie out, and he's just like, oh wait, what the hell? Where did he get there? I was, I, I was confused too. Thank you. Because I know okay. they did the whole the whole thing in LA where Mance Warner turned on Epi and then Epi had that really, really good promo on the holiday special. Yeah. 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 And then I'm just like, and you know, nobody mentioned anything about Mance Warner at all. And then, then he shows up and I'm like, wait, what the hell just happened? The vibe I got on TV when I was watching was like, people were a little bit confused. Did you get that vibe in the building? Yeah. We were confused because we didn't know he was there. Okay. So there's like kind of two things about this for me. 
Mm-hmm. First, this is the same shit Masha did last year. This sort of like hiding in the wings and then like taking your moment sort of thing. I like it when it happens a little bit. You know what I mean? Like every once in a mm-hmm. while. So like when Masha did it, it was fun. But like you can't do that again the next year. <laughs> no, you can only go to the well so many times so many times so like that annoyed me but like i knew masha was in the match i saw her there right right? she was i think she's the first entrant wasn't she something like that she was like really early on i remember watching her kind of like hiding behind one of the ring posts so like i knew that she was there so that wasn't Mm -hmm. super a surprise to me and like it could be that mance warner was like hiding on the other side of the on the other side of the ring and i just didn't see him there well you you, you, like they didn't mention on on the broadcast at all right they didn't mention anything about mance warner you didn't see anything about him in the ring you know didn't see him in the ring he was just there and i was like why are you here (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then he eliminates effie and it's like but you weren't in the match right because didn't didn't the bell ring when effie threw out when effie won when they announced announced effie the winner i i can't remember that um i don't remember either my brain isn't that good but like Mance Warner wasn't in the fucking match. Exactly. I'm like, what? I was confused as all hell. I'm like, what? The? I'm like, what? Why? Because he wasn't. A, obviously, they're not going to announce him as a participant. Maybe he could have been like this, like a why? surprise entrant. Okay, no, no, no. Why, he did... why is that obvious that they wouldn't announce him as a participant? They should have announced him as a participant. Well, they did. There were some like mystery people that they said, and I think they they didn't announce. They didn't say anything about him being there on the holiday special. Mm-hmm. He wasn't on the show the night before. They didn't say anything about him on the broadcast, um, unless they were talking about. I think they may have mentioned like mentioning it when they were talking about Effie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't say anything about him. I think that was the catch. Was like he shows up from out of nowhere, and it's like. But I think it still kind of left it left everybody feeling confused. Listen, I will tolerate a great deal of bullshit from wrestling. Me too. I have a huge amount of patience in my heart for like rule of cool adjacent chicanery, right? Like mm-hmm. if something doesn't necessarily make logical sense, but it makes narrative sense, I'll let it slide for the most part. Nine times out of ten. This is the tenth time. I, I like this is this is BS to me. And it's not just because my fave was screwed over by it, although that is part of it, I will admit. But it's mm-hmm. just like you did you did the same thing two years in a row. The dude wasn't even in the goddamn match. And the fan favorite won. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I I groaned at it too. It, it kind of left a sour taste in my mouth with the do or die rumble. It I'm did. just like, do I want to see? I don't want to see another one of these for a while. And when it was my favorite part of last year, and I was so looking forward to it this year, and I had really enjoyed it mm-hmm. up until that point, just uh, devastating, honestly. <laughs> yeah, see, I thought they were going to do with Masha coming out early. I like, I think she was number one. She was one of the early entrants, but I thought they were going to do the whole thing where she runs the runs the gamut comes back and wins it for a second year in a row because we know we've always there's always that thread with her and blake christian floating around right and like i i could see that i kind of didn't want that to happen because i thought that it would feel kind of cheap Mm -hmm. but like upon reflection like if we were just gonna be cheap anyway (laughs) (laughs) right you know yeah so there's a guy in that match i want to ask your opinion on sure 
um, looking at the lineup here. Joshua Bishop, the guy that looks like Sid. What did you think of him? I don't know who Sid is. With the, like the curly blonde hair. He the, was... the big guy with curly hair? Yeah, big guy with curly, curly blonde hair. Yeah. Um, um, I like him. I like him too. I There was a... <laughs> In a in a previous uh, JCW show, mm-hmm. he had had um, a ladder match with Alec Price, mm-hmm. and there was like a fun little little, little back and forth. I, I I started a fuck him up Alex chant for the memes, <laughs> yeah. and he like glared at me. <laughs> so I've kind of liked him ever since. <laughs> I think I think he's. He is someone to watch out for in yeah, 2024. For sure, for sure, um, for sure. Because he's been popping up in MLW now, teaming with Tom Lawler. And he's like, they're like the top team, top heel team in MLW right now. And then he's been making, he's been doing like little appearances here and there with various indie feds kind of working his way up. I think he came from, I think he came from AIW up in Cleveland. Okay. I know he worked, he wrestled out there for a while, but it's finally nice to see, and I've heard about him for, for a while, but it's finally nice to see him kind of popping up like gcw jcw mlw places like that now but yeah i keep an eye out for joshua bishop this year for sure for sure he has such a great presence he does i'm not really a big guy person that's not like really what captures me but like a good big guy will really will really jump out at me because i usually find them so dull Yeah, he and he's gonna get the Sid comparisons, mm-hmm. you know, because he he's he's got the same he's kind of the same size as Sid, wears the same kind of like tall dark boots and trunks, and he's got the hair that looks exactly like Sid from the '90s, and he does a lot of the kind of the same big big guy moves with like the clothesline, and he goes down to to his knee and sticks his arms up and you know poses and things like that. So he does a lot of the Sid stuff, but mm-hmm. I think he's going to get that comparison, which I think is fine, but he's also going to kind of take that stuff and make it his own and he's going to definitely be someone who's going to be on the upswing this year. So watch for watch for Joshua Bishop, especially if you have Fight Plus, you can see him on GCW, you can see him on see him on MLW. Mm-hmm. And the match he had, it was him and Tom Lawler against Manders and Matthew Justice on the January MLW card, the Fight Plus show. I think it was like Kings of Coliseum or something like that. That's a really really good match so definitely go check that one out too yeah yeah i think he's definitely one to watch and i certainly have a lot of fun with him so yeah i want to say he was part of that whole uh violence is forever crew with garini and kevin ku when they were when they were in cleveland together i could be wrong about that but i remember hearing them kind of like hearing those guys talked about and hearing him talked about and i couldn't remember if they were in the same faction or if he was separate from them. So I'd have to go back check on that. Like, I'm not familiar with, I'm not up on my, on all the AIW stuff from like when those guys were coming up, but I was familiar, you know, I had heard about Violences Forever. I heard, had heard about Dominic Arini and Joshua Bishop and Kevin Koo and all them. So, mm-hmm. and Violences Forever, if you're not familiar with them, I really, really like them too, especially Garini. Garini's a big, tough, you know, he's, he's kind of like a really stout, tough looking dude. This just beats people up. And I really like that in, in a team. You got one guy who's like big, he's thick, and you got another guy who's like really tiny and scrawny, but they can both kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Really, really good team, and they have some really fun matches. So I really like that match they had on Aftermath Mm -hmm. against, what was it, uh, Waste Youth? I think they were, I think they fought, and then they had a match against, uh, in Chicago, against um, Bang and Matthews, which was really good too. And I'm not the world's biggest Bang and Matthews fan, but they were in there against Violence Since Forever. I was like, okay, this is a really good match. So I was excited about that match so definitely watch you know Garini and Koo and Violence is Forever yeah one to watch out for in 2024 check them out 
Uh, speaking of things to watch in 2024, there's the collective coming yes. over Mania Weekend. Let us talk about that. There is collectively a lot of stuff happening at the collective. <laughs> See what I did there? I do. I do. It was excellent. <laughs> well done. Uh, okay. So Thursday, April 4th, we've got Defy Wrestling at 11 a.m., Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, uh, that's followed by DDT, and then at midnight, there's Jersey Championship Wrestling. Thoughts on that first day of the collective? So you had mentioned that you're not a huge DDT fan, but I am. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not the, I'm not the biggest DDT fan. I mean, th so they've got people like that I like, like they have Akiyama, and they have, um, I think there was somebody else in there that I liked, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I don't I don't follow DDT all that closely. Mm -hmm. I know some of the people I've heard like some of the names like last year with DDT I watched it because I wanted to see the the match that had Eddie Kingston and Junakiyama in it right so if there's a match on the show that I want to I wasn't necessarily going to watch but if there's a match on there I want to see I'll watch the rest of it just to see if I can discover something else that I might be interesting mm -hmm. um, I wasn't the biggest fan of that DDT show last year but I watched it <laughs> and it was only like it was just over two hours which I was like okay it's fine I'll just watch the whole thing mm-hmm and I like them. I like the match that had Eddie Kingston and Junakiyama in it. And I can't cannot remember what that match was off the top of my head. But you know, it was it was interesting. I'll I'll say that at least. And it's like this. There was stuff I liked. There was stuff I really didn't like. Mm -hmm. Um, like what was the guys in like the thongs or whatever, and they were all greased up and oily. I'm like, no, this isn't for me. You don't like the greased up banana hammocks? It's not for you. No, I was like, it doesn't like these these guys. Like I forget what team they were. Um, and then. Oh, Yoshihiko was like, this is kind of ridiculous. I love a Yoshihiko match. I, I watched it. I was like, okay, it's, it's, a, it's like, it is what it is. It's fine. I like, it's not, not necessarily my thing. But I was like, okay, you know, some people like it, some people don't. So like, it's, yeah. you like what you like and you don't be a dick to stuff you don't like. <laughs> I like, uh, I like Yoshihiko matches because I feel like they're a really, uh, really interesting display of like skill because like you have to be good at what you do in order to have that, a good yoshihiko match you know what i, I mean i will give you that i will give you that they are and you have to be inventive and you have to think on your feet yes yes so i will give you that those are and that's one of the reasons i kind of thought it was fun it's because whoever is doing that match yoshihiko versus whoever i think it was chris brooks or whoever last year mm -hmm. you have to be quick on your feet you have to like be able to put your do these holds and do these moves and like Spanish flies on top rope or, you know, put just clotheslines and things like that. You got to be able to do that mm -hmm. with Yoshihiko and you got to be able to like kind of put yourself in these holds for lack of a better term. Yeah. But yes, I will give you that. They are fun. They are interesting and, you, and they are creative. They take, they take skill and artistry to pull off. And if it was Chris Brooks who did the Yoshihiko match, that makes sense to me. Chris Brooks is one of my favorites. He's excellent. No, I'm going to look it up. No, I'm curious. Chris Brooks is the one who I think is uh, in a blood feud with every mascot in Japan, if I have that correctly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm almost <laughs> positive it was him because I, can, I can't find that show off easily. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I'm almost positive it was Chris Brooks. Anyway, point being, Yoshihiko matches, have, you have to be creative. Yes. But yeah, I probably, depending on what's announced for the DDT show, I probably, I may or may not watch it. I didn't watch Bloodsport last year. Mm -hmm. um, just, it's not really my thing. I mean, they did a no, last year there was a no ropes match, um, an impact with like Speedball Mike Bailey against Kenny King. That was one of my favorite impact matches of the year last year. It's like, you can't get, get better than this. It's like, this is the, 
you know one of the best matches of the year and you know if there's something if there's something people are talking about on Bloodsport after the fact I may go back and watch just that match right but if it's not something I'm gonna go out of my way to watch live that makes sense um, Defy I don't know a whole lot about them I know they've I think GCW ran a show with them in Seattle recently. I've seen some Defy stuff here and there um, that has looked intriguing to me. Like, when Mm -hmm. I see the name Defy, I'm always like, ooh, that'll probably be good. They'll probably have some good stuff there. Yeah, it's it's a company you've heard of, but you probably haven't seen. There's not too much out there, at least, that I've seen. I've seen seen a fair amount. Um, They have ties to uh, a lot of, like, AEW people, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Okay. And so you know they may have some they may have some cool matches on there uh definitely one to keep an eye out for i think okay uh and then jersey championship wrestling obviously at midnight i don't know if that's either gonna be on fight plus or it's gonna be on youtube i don't know which might be both it might be both all right next day they've got uh tokyo joshi pro followed by progress wrestling followed by joey janela's spring break eight <laughs> and then for the culture at midnight i uh definitely want to see the tjpw i have a friend who's a little bit more dedicated to following tjpw than i am but i'm definitely mm-hmm. interested in checking it out i am too speaking of tokyo joshi pro they um Miyu Yamashka versus Masha Slamovich from their January 4th show. Uh-huh. Amazing. I gotta check it out. Amazing match. And I don't, I, I that's a match I, I don't watch Tokyo Joshi Pro, mm-hmm. like, on a regular basis, but I went out of my way to watch that match because uh, literally everybody on Twitter was talking about it. Like, w- when it perks up the ears of Andy Murray from Watt Culture, uh-huh. it's like, you know it's a good match. <laughs> it's like, when he's when he's talking about it, and I'm just like, oh, so I got, this is something I gotta go check out. <laughs> so Progress Wrestling, I don't, I can tell you if I've seen the full show from Progress all the way through or not. I can tell you that I have not. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I have either. I know they were on the WWE Network for a while. Yeah. I mean, with these sorts of things, like, it's, it's all about, like, what they have booked, right? Right. And it's all about also exposure. It gets kind of, gets like, places like Defy and Progress and place, you know, DJPW gets them more exposure because it's a huge weekend. People are literally coming from all over the world for 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 wrestling this weekend. They're all going to converge on Philadelphia. Yeah, that's what's so um, exciting to me about WrestleMania weekend. Not WrestleMania. Couldn't couldn't care less. But um, but like all of like the indie stuff and like the way that like everybody comes together and and like uses that sort of visibility to like put on what they have and like put their best foot forward like that's always really interesting to me yeah and and we mentioned it off air it's like it it turns from you know yeah it's wrestlemania weekend but it turns into a giant celebration of all things wrestling yes be it wwe be it gcw be it uh, wrestlecon or or you know shows that are kind of going on that don't get much exposure and there's one i want to talk about here coming i want after we talk about the collective yes so and then for the culture is is on april 5th as well that's again that's a show depending on what's booked on the card that's that i'll have to check out yeah yeah um and then final day of the collective april 6th there's effie's big gay brunch um gcw versus tjpw that i'm looking forward to and then um after wrestlemania night once was april 6th is night one of wrestlemania so this will be after mania wraps up that night uh-huh. uh joey janela's spring break clusterfuck forever i am certain that that will be a clusterfuck a hundred percent certain they didn't do the big battle royal last year so they're bringing it back again this year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so this will be that's going to be interesting i want to see i want to see tjpw versus gcw uh big I know, time and I, 
I think this, a lot of people are speculating, at least from what I've read, and that could be way off the mark on this, that might be where they do a uh, Mio Yamashka versus Masha Slamovich rematch. God, that would be awesome. That would be I know, awesome. That would be incredible. GCW puts on uh, really good combined shows in in my uh, in my experience. Like when they team up with like a local promotion when they're going other places, they tend to put on like mm-hmm. really good shows like that. And I'm I'm super looking forward to that one. Me too. It's going to be a nice chance to see kind of like TJBW mingle with GCW because mm-hmm. you know, and it's good good exposure for DJ, TJPW as well. So. I'm not, like I said earlier, I'm not super familiar with them. I've seen Mio Yamashka. I've seen Hyper Masao. I've seen some of the other people they have there. And there's also been people going over like Sawyer Wreck, uh, Billy Starks, mm-hmm. uh, Max the Impaler have all gone over there. So I think TJPW is a very fun and interesting place. And like, I really appreciate that GCW is like intentionally seems to be nurturing a relationship with promotions over in japan including tjpw same and it's good to see like they've they've worked with they're working you know they're working with tjpw here but they've also worked with ddt mm-hmm. they've worked with um freedoms it was just name was escaping me that the promotion i worked with over the summer there that was freedoms when they did that big war games match right right um and then you know <clears throat> to your point earlier, they've worked with, you know, different lo- local promotions when they've gone different areas of the country. Like, I think last year they did GCW versus New South. Yes, they When they, they did. went down to, like, Alabama and, and, you know, the deep south there in the U.S. So um, it's good to see them kind of, like, go around and utilize different, like, regional talent and work with different promotions, you know, overseas. It's what I, it's one of the things that I really like about, about GCW is because, you know, they are arguably the biggest North American independent promotion right now right I, I i would agree with that yes and i feel like the way that they sort of first of all sort of like maintain that visibility but like also increase visibility for like other places in wrestling feels very intentional to me and like doesn't feel as uncomfortable and exploitative as like other companies might be working with other promotions right sometimes other companies working with other promotions can feel a little bit like a hostile takeover (laughs) agreed yeah i've I've seen shows like that before you know i haven't really gotten that sort of feeling from gcw it has felt to me like one of their goals is sort of like a a rising a a rising tide raises all boats sort of situation Mm -hmm. right like the the more robust the entire independent wrestling ecosystem is the better and you know with like the inroads that they've made in japan and like doing shows over there in japan and having people from japan come over here and you know we've talked about gcw and women's wrestling and how i really appreciate the intentionality where they've been sort of like improving the presentation and visibility of women's wrestling on their shows and it's also doing things like you know working with tjpw like this um Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's just something that i i really appreciate about them and wanted to like bring up because it it makes me happy i'm with you i I appreciate the fact that they work with these different promotions too and and, and i agree you know why'd you say there it raises something raises all ships uh rising tide raises all ships yeah thank you i always forget that expression even though you just said it like 30 (laughs) seconds ago i get it (laughs) (laughs) uh it's sunday my brain is tired i feel it
All right, uh, a couple more things we just want to touch on here. So we talked about the collective. There's also another show happening that weekend that I want to you know make everyone aware of. Action Wrestling. It's not a company you hear about much, um, but they are doing something pretty cool over Mania weekend, and it's going to be happening that Thursday before Mania, which I believe is April fourth. It's called Dean D E A N. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you remember back uh, on one of our earlier episodes last year, I think it was like episode two or three. I talked a little bit about the passing of DVDVR founder Dean Rasmussen, um, who was a early pioneer of like wrestling criticism, and he helped found the DVDVR uh, newsletter and message board and all that sort of thing. And he's worked um, with the likes of Phil Schneider, Phil Rippa, Eric Ritz, Matt D, and all them people. But they're doing a show to honor him, which I think is really cool. I think that's really cool too. It is the the DVDVR crew is going to be involved. And a lot of them also uh, write the blog called Segunda Caída, which, side note, if you're not reading that, you really, really should. They do all kinds of cool stuff on there. <laughs> but they're going to like uh, kind of like honor him, put on like matches that have been, you know, that he used to talk about in the DVD VR, those kind of style matches, like battle art style matches and all this other kind of stuff they used to talk about um, when they would write those. So no talent has been announced for it yet. So it was just announced, I want to say, like a week ago as we're recording this. So no talent has been announced yet, and I, but it is going to be streaming on IWTV. So I definitely recommend if you get a chance to check it out, either watch it live or watch it on demand. Um, definitely want to kind of keep your eye on as they start announcing matches for it as, as the show gets closer. Yeah, that sounds really cool. That sounds really awesome. Yeah. And then you're... And like, and it's kind of, it's going to be like, I think they said that the H2O Academy somewhere in New Jersey, like Williamston, New Jersey or someplace like it. it's a really small kind of intimate venue they're doing it in mm-hmm. from what I read. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that card. Um, I know, I think Daniel Makabe, uh, I think that's how you say his last name. I think he's expressed interest on being on the card on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I think he is, I think actually, no, I think he might have been confirmed for the show. Uh, now that I think about it. Uh, he might be the only person confirmed at this point. So, but I'm sure there'll be others people confirmed for it. There might be some surprises and stuff that show up too. So, uh, definitely one to kind of keep your eye on um, as WrestleMania weekend and the whole giant celebration of wrestling grows uh, comes closer. And this is probably one we'll talk about more on the show as as stuff gets announced for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, last thing we want to talk about today, mm-hmm. and I mentioned this to you before we started recording, yes. is Mustafa Ali's World Tour. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited for Me this. Me too. This is gonna be this is gonna be great. I have such an inexplicable obsession with Mustafa Ali. So back when I listened to other people talk about wrestling, I don't do that anymore. But I used <laughs> to uh, watch a lot of Wrestle Talk around okay. 2020, 2021. It was around the time when the whole retribution thing was happening and that was like a big meme uh in wrestling at the time because of how bad it was oh and so bearing in mind that i never actually watched wwe so i didn't have to like absorb any of this with my own two eyes be glad that you didn't (laughs) i am i am but they kept talking about Mustafa Ali as part of like this this retribution thing and like the things that were happening and like how they were like kind of doing him dirty um and like did the whole faction dirty really but like all that i could think about as they were talking about stuff that was happening and the stuff that Mustafa Ali was doing on like twitter and whatever to to vainly try to like create a narrative thread <laughs> through everything mm-hmm. that was happening and to make it make sense 
I just like I couldn't help but be really interested because not having to actually see the badness of retribution but to hear the way somebody's mind was working in the moment was really interesting Mm -hmm. to me so like I'm one of those insufferable wrestling as art people so when I hear about somebody who's really approaching wrestling with an artist's mind I get really interested and I and I start like waking up and like kind of paying attention so Mm -hmm. that kind of started me paying attention to him and then like I just kept being compelled by the way that he would attempt with all of his tools (laughs) to tell a story even when he was not allowed (laughs) under any circumstances (laughs) and then and so I like I started following him more and then he used to uh post these little mini videos of like sequences in like the wrestling school that he was in that were like always really cool and I just I just got really obsessed with him And I've been desperately wishing for his freedom ever since. And so I'm so excited. Well, (laughs) he's definitely got freedom now. So he he had his first U.S. indie match um, on this past Friday. So what was that? The 13th? Mm -hmm. No, sorry, the 12th. So January 12th, he has his first U.S. indie match. Which I haven't had a chance to watch yet, but I am am going to. I am vibrating. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> against gringo loco yes um so he's got that that happened and then some of the other notable dates i found on his calendar were january 28th for progress wrestling against leon slater oh my god um february 9th for defy wrestling against an opponent to be announced and then match i'm really looking forward to uh prestige wrestling on february 25th against speedball mike bailey oh my God, it's gonna be so good it's gonna be so good on the prestige a moment of violence show and that's then that's gonna be in la and then on march 1st for a uh, show called trouble is brewing where he's wrestling trey miguel <laughs> those are the those are the things i was able to pick out and least that stood out of interest to me i am extremely looking forward to the prestige show on the 25th of february y'all are gonna get so sick of me talking about mustafa ali you're gonna get so sick of me (laughs) (laughs) this is the only thing i'm going to talk about all year <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna change this to where it's, it's an hour of you talking about Mustafa Ali. Yes, <laughs> be the Mustafa no. Ali podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> we'll be we'll be Mustafa Ali Appreciation Society. I have to find a way. I have to find a way to be enough on Twitter so that I can follow the wrestlers that I like without having to absorb anything else about wrestling Twitter. Yeah, this is that that's a challenge. It it's really a real is, challenge. It's a tough challenge. It's a really tough challenge. Um because I have not like even been on wrestling Twitter for like a month. And like my mental health has been so good. Like there was a there was a funny thing that happened when we were recording All Elite Listening because the day before we recorded All Elite Listening was when I heard about all of the drama with Jericho. Oh yeah. And I hadn't heard about it before that point. So that was like weeks of blissful ignorance. 
Yeah, see, I'm I'm with you. I tried to stay out of like a lot of that stuff on Twitter, mm-hmm. and you know, I got a you know, I got a buddy. He'll he'll hear things and he'll be like, "Oh, did you hear this?" And I'll just kind of look it up and be like, "Oh, well, that's not good," or "Oh, that's interesting." Uh-huh. Um, but like the negative stuff on Twitter, I usually just try to stay out of. It's just like, but it's really it's it's tough. It really is sometimes. It like it can ruin my day. Um. Like, I know that's not reasonable, which is why I've just, like, straight up tried not to be on Twitter. But, like, when I see people who are just, like, ceaselessly negative about something that I like, and, like, so often all of wrestling will decide that, like, something sucks. Like, Max being babyface, for for an example, right? It's just, like, people are really, really mad, if not about him being babyface, then, like, the way the whole MJF Adam Cole situation ship has turned out. Right. But like, Mm -hmm. while I acknowledge that it's not perfect under any circumstances, I still enjoy it. Like I still really like it. And it's hard to enjoy an imperfect thing when all you're hearing is people pulling out all of the imperfections and obsessing over them. Um, And it's, really kind of like if i'm not careful uh it can drain my joy of wrestling away from me you can it can you can get in the weeds really fast really fast so uh, fast with some of that with 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 a lot of that with a lot of stuff on twitter we could spend a whole hour oh my god a whole podcast talking about wrestling twitter let's not uh let's not do that no i think for both of our mental health let's not do that yeah um but it is it i've honestly stayed away from twitter too for a while i mean there's thing i I use it to check like certain things like you know recently we've had like winter storms come through the area so i've used it to like check on like national weather service i don't use facebook at all right 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 so that's how i get information from like the national weather service um in in our area it's like you know warnings and you know advisories and things like that and you know there's there's some weather people i follow on there uh and and i'll get on there and i'll check like different things but i don't like endlessly like doom scroll or whatever and i got some friends i've made on there and i'll check and see what they're up to but that's that's about the extent of like me being on twitter yeah but like the thing the challenging part of this is like so a lot of Mm -hmm. the things that like drew me to mustafa ali was like how he would use social media to try to weave together uh, a character and a narrative and i really Mm -hmm. like that and like um independent wrestlers really use a lot of the time use social media in order to weave together characters over multiple shows and even multiple promotions so like you miss a lot of like the story and the character beats when you're not on social media ever and so like true i don't want to yes miss these things from mustafa ali but like i also don't want to look at twitter <laughs> Right, and and I like how you kind of weaved everything back to, to what we were talking about. Yeah, just nice. It was well, well done on your part. Thank you. <laughs> I try. <laughs> no, but I agree. Like, and back to the retribution thing you said, and him trying to make sense of all that stuff. Like Ernest Hemingway couldn't have made that make sense. <laughs> um, that's how bad it was. <laughs> so, uh, but to your point, like using social media and Twitter, for example, to get. For, to progress storylines and things like that. I think that is a good, valid use of it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times with these independent promotions, no offense to them, but they're not on TV. The only time you ever see them is on Fight Plus or IWTV. 
and it's you know once or twice a month so these you know the wrestlers on that show they're dependent upon themselves to progress these storylines or promote this promote the match and they don't have a they're not standing there with a Gene Okerlund on TV mm-hmm. talking into a microphone, cutting a, a promo saying, go to the Rosalind Theater on whatever date and watch me, you know, watch me fight Sammy Callahan or what have you. Or, or you know, come to Dayton, Ohio and see John Moxley versus Gringo Loco, which is a thing that's happening, by the way, here in a few weeks. Hell yeah. And so you don't have those those kind of things, but you can use Twitter for as a vehicle to get, your, you know, get your points across um, and promote your matches and things like that and your appearances, what have you, which I, which I think is is a really, really good use of social media in general. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's just a shame about, uh, you know, everything else. Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see. If nothing else, I am, I am just super killer excited to see Mustafa Ali on the Indies. Like I, I cannot. It's I'm unspeakably excited. Me too. And and it and it provides a breath of like fresh air into the independent scene. All these guys that got released from WWE. Yeah. Uh, back in what well, was like November or whatever. You know now they're they're no competes are up and then now they're coming up into the independent scene or popping up other places. And <clears throat> yeah, you hate to see people lose their jobs at WWE, but it provides them a fresh opportunity elsewhere if they can if they want like Mustafa Ali or or Dolph Ziggler there in, in New Japan or what have you. So. And like Mustafa. Ali wanted to go that's like that's the thing like I feel guilt-free about being happy that he got fired because like he wanted to go he did um you could tell and I mean look at Blake Christian Blake Christian was released from WWE and like got nothing from them and he's like thriving and he's thriving he's living his best life right now like he's doing amazing and like Mustafa Ali has at least that kind of potential and I am looking forward to him displaying his artistry in a space where he has control over Agreed. what his art is and what it looks like. I am so excited for that because he's so clearly somebody who thinks so carefully and so much about his character and what he's doing and, and what he's trying to say with his art. And I just like, I can't, I can't wait to hear it and see it. I'm so excited. I know. And maybe on the next episode, we can talk more about, we can talk about some of these matches if we've seen them, if they've happened yet. Yes. Yes. But yeah, that's what we had for this episode. Anything to add on anything that we've discussed so far? No, I think, uh, I think, you know, this is the beginning of 2024 and I think we're going to see some, some great stuff in wrestling this year. I think so too. So until next time, thank you all for listening to On the Indies. Uh, please check out the other podcasts on the Wrestling Network. All Elite Listening, Flight of Five, Ace Techers, Ocean Cyclone Show, ProVision, Tokyo Joshi Freedom Fighters. A little, little crossover there. A little, a little TJPW, mm-hmm, right. GCW crossover there. Uh, we get them on the show. Yeah. Um, plus, we have our Patreon exclusive shows like Into the Wrestleverse, Noob Japan, even more. Um, so check us out on Patreon or just search Wrestle In wherever you listen to podcasts. You cannot find me anywhere. I do not exist. Except on this show. You <laughs> exist on this show. And AEL. <laughs> but yes, you can find me on the, the hellscape we just mentioned that is Twitter, uh, at writeradam 84 and at History of HWA, um, where I post sometimes daily HWA notes and results, and that's fun there. And I'm also on Blue Sky, 
um, at RiderAdam84 as well. So if you want to look me up on there, if you're into that sort of thing. Every Sunday, too, I post out a new HWA bulletin. So check that out if you're interested in learning more about HWA, where John Moxley, L.A. Knight, Jake Chris, Sammy Callahan, people like that all came from. But in the meantime and in between time, that's it for this episode of On the Indies. <laughs> Bye now. Bye-bye.